We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day, and it is a Miami Monday. Hashtag Miami Monday on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. Let me know what makes you so Miami, and maybe I'll just repeat it during the show. What a great day to be here in South Florida. Basically, everything that was Miami in the sports world over the weekend, one, hurricanes. So in just a little bit. Joe Rose Show. We're going to hear from them talking to Coach Manny Diaz. The Dolphins got their first win of the season, so the Dan Lebetard Show will dive into miserable Jets fans and just everything Miami. So we're going to cover some Huckman and Crowder, Florida Panthers win, Jorge Masvidal wins, FIU wins, the Heat win. All we do is win. Kind of like that song. Got to open up, though, with a little bit of that. Hey, Joe, because that's the theme song for this show. Speaking of winning, let's get into some winning headlines. The Dolphins earned their first win of the season and climbed out of last place in the AFC East, defeating the Jets 26-18 yesterday. Tonight, it's Cowboys versus Giants. In the wake of the Canes' 27-10 victory, Florida State has fired coach Willie Taggart. Miami hosts Senior Day Sunday at 3.30 against Louisville. The Heat, buoyed by a 46-point first quarter, blasted Houston yesterday 129-100. Miami is now 5-1 and and play in Denver tomorrow night at 9. The Panthers continued their winning ways this past weekend, defeating the Red Wings 4-0. Next, they take on the Capitals here in South Florida Thursday at 7. Countdown has begun for the most recent game of quote-unquote game of the century when number one LSU takes on number two Alabama in Tuscaloosa Saturday at 3.30. The Canes basketball team, they begin their season tomorrow against fifth-ranked Louisville. Tips at 6.30 from the Watsco Center. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A Louisiana woman has been arrested for selling phony doctor's excuses to high school students for $20 apiece. So proud to be from Louisiana. But hey, at least she's my hot mess of the day. A North Carolina man has been arrested for impersonating an officer, and while impersonating an officer, made an arrest of a murder suspect. It's not North Carolina man, it's Batman. In New Zealand, a farmer accidentally bought 1,000 hens during an online auction. Who likes eggs? Now on the weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast is cloudy with temperatures around 80. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high-hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for more info. One of the great highlights of the weekend, the U putting it on rival FSU so bad that the Seminoles, they fired their coach, Willie Taggart. We're loving our coach, Manny Diaz. So the Joe Rose Show caught up with him earlier today talking about the complete victory. How big was the win over FSU? Greg Russo, there goes that man. Jaron Big Play Williams and showing the O-line some love. 
how do you explain putting together such a complete game with the big passing plays in your defense? Boy, you turn back the clock on that effort from uh, across the board. Uh, did it even surprise you a little bit? It didn't. It, you know, we, we felt like it was coming. You know, we had our best week of preparation, especially offensively. Just, you know, those pass plays that we'd hit. I mean, we'd just been really sharp on that all week in practice. And as a coach, you just you want to see it translate to a game. Our guys, they're lock-in, they're focused. I mean, they're, you could just tell there was something different during pregame warm that our guys were really ready to play. It's incredible, the pushing and shoving. We and noticed. Get down to the <laughs> other end. Uh, are you aware of all that stuff that's going on, and, and did you know you were going to have a little bit of that before and telling your guys, hey, let's don't throw any punches, do anything stupid, and get kicked out before we play this thing? Of course we were aware of that. And, and in fact, I thought our guys were fantastic, even the one time when, when Bandy and number 15 got locked up on their sideline and their whole bench kind of reacted like, you know, something was going about to happen. Our guys, you know, we didn't have a guy leave our sideline. I mean, I, our guys were there for one reason, that was to win the football game, and I think that was evident over 60 minutes. Coach, three straight wins for F- uh, for UM versus FSU, two at Doak. How big of a win was this for you with this team throughout this crazy season with bye weeks and week zero and uh, no game this week? And th- Just how crazy this season has been and how great of a win was it for this team? It, it was really good. You know, we, we talked about, you know, this team coming together uh, you know, before the Pitt game uh, and then to go really grind out a difficult victory up there in Pitt. Go on the road really two weeks in a row to win in the league, which is always hard, but but to win at your rival's stadium and then to win convincingly like we did, you know, it was nice to have a game where we did, where it wasn't coming down to the last play. It was it was fun to it was fun to run the clock out on offense and, and really send the defense out there in the fourth quarter just knowing that they could just get out to the quarterback because the other team had to throw the football. And I've been saying it for a long time that if you know if people would have to pass to come back to beat us, that that's going to be a hard proposition against our pass rush. And I think you know Saturday was an example of that. Coach Willie's talked through the year and you're aware of this, I think you and I have talked about, the guy, the Canes that had great games against FSU, and then they kind of stand out forever. You go, oh yeah, I remember when Sean Taylor dominated, or, or you remember, oh yeah, Michael Irvin running down the side with a couple of touchdowns. Well, we can put another guy in there. That Greg Russo show uh, has got everybody uh, talking uh, quietly four sacks, well not quietly, four sacks, 12 sacks on a year. What has happened to him? I have everybody asking me, like, where did he come from? What did he, was he a receiver and a safety and all of a sudden he's a big man and that's just dominating as a pass rusher what happened to that guy you know it's just becoming his time you know i mean uh you know as we mentioned you know he missed basically all of last year with an injury he did he played all over the field for for shopping out those guys did a great job of really using him in so many different ways to help their football team when, when he was in high school and, and leading them to a state championship and, and coming to miami and really being able to hone in on being a defensive end and then all of a sudden he has basically a year where he's got to sit down on the sidelines because of an injury and, and came back in the spring had a great spring had, had to battle through a little bit of a back issue but still we had a role for him you know and he had a sack in the opening game against florida and he's you know the guy's a redshirt fresh it's just it's crazy to think that he's a, he's a redshirt freshman. And, and uh, but the coolest part about Greg is is he's as humble of a guy as we have on our team. You won't find. I mean, we've got some great great individuals on our team. You won't find a better guy um, than Greg Rousseau. And and just and, and absolutely lives and dies for the Miami Hurricanes. And just and just wants to do everything he can to help us win a football game, which is so when your best players are your best people, and that's really sums up Greg Rousseau. All right, well, well, help me out because he's like second in the in college football in sacks right now. So is it his first? step is it is it his build that really allows him with long arm what is it that makes this guy such a special pass rusher see all the above 
Okay. You know, I mean, he's got so he's obviously a long levered guy, right? Sometimes that can be a downside because football, you know, we all know the low man wins. So he's got extraordinary athleticism, so he can bend, you know, which makes it very difficult. He does have long arms. Remember, remember the old trick when you were like a kid and you know you're like little brother, you stick your arm out and yeah. put your arm on his head, you know, and he could, he could punch you. I mean, that's that's what he can really do in pass rushing. He can get his hands on you before you can get your hands on him and, and use his length um, to disengage and get off. And then and then the, the strides, you know, he just he covers up so much. Great but what's really but the last part what's really cool about Greg is that a lot of his sacks come from just being simply relentless which is which is just effort you know and he had another one in the game um, this past week where, you know, again, he, he you know, he's, he's got a good rush going. The quarterback starts to get out of there and just his length, he, you know, he reaches out, dies, swipes at an ankle and gets the guy on the ground. And that, if he's got 12 sacks. I bet four or five of them are in that and, and are like that. Well, just, just sheer efforts. And that's the part that shows who you are. I mean, I mean, God gives you the talent. He didn't, he didn't do anything to get his height. He didn't do anything to get his length, um, but he gets to choose his efforts. I think that's the, the little secret sauce that makes him such a special player. Coach Jaron Williams, 313 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions completed passes to seven different receivers including a couple of them big downfield we've been talking to you all season about where's the deep play we want to see more deep plays well you unleashed it this week and so it looked like including one to jeff thomas which started the game off but jaron williams legends are made in this series when you make big plays jaron made a lot of them in this game I know, and, and, and it's so funny that the way this year's been, I feel like it's been about three or four seasons combined into one, but we got to remember Jerry Williams is a retro freshman that just wanted to Tallahassee and, and hung three bills on them, and like you said, the, the touchdowns, and, and those two posts were touchdowns. I don't know. I mean, even, it's just when you watch him back, I don't know if he could have run over there and handed the ball to the receiver in a better position than he threw it. I mean, they, they are in stride, I mean, right in the breadbasket, perfectly placed. You know, I felt like there had been a little bit of a, a myth that formed that Jaron, you know, could not throw the deep ball, and, and, and we see it we've seen it week in week out in practice that we knew that that was not true that Jaron you know has great arm strength and great accuracy on the balls down the field and as we mentioned you know it's not like we waited until Florida State game to start calling deep passes I mean those, those opportunities have been there sometimes it might be a protection breakdown it could have been a read it could have been the coverage that they were in and um and for it all line up uh, this past weekend was, I mean, that was so sweet. I mean, those were two big-time plays. Coach, we, we have a lot of people going, I, I don't know how Coach Diaz puts up with this Jeff Thomas stuff. He had to suspend him. He left once. And and and, and so I started the show today. I go, that's why you stick with Jeff Thomas right there. <laughs> when he runs by people, you get four catches for 84 yards, and including that first touchdown. Man, he has got some. Can you just talk about him a little bit? He's kind of a mystery. I, 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 I just... We see it. We know about the extra gear that a lot of guys, most guys don't have in college football. What can you say? about? I know you can't talk about the issues off the field that keeps them from, I don't know, maybe a little a college knucklehead or whatever you want to call it. But just tell us a little bit about Jeff Thomas. Talking about Jeff and just talking about just everybody in general. I mean, our, our job, college coaches, is player development. I mean, that's our job. And player development means goes to a lot more than just, you know, getting guys to score touchdowns or, or sack the quarterback. You know what I mean? You, you are bringing, you, you are in essence raising these kids. And a lot of these kids have come from situations where they didn't have a great structure or great background to, to raise them. You got to understand that at times at their age, they're going to make mistakes because we all remember being their age. And at times we made mistakes and they're in a much, much more public setting than, than we were. And even if, you know, and, and especially now with social media and, and just how things get out there so quickly. 
And if the players know that you're for them, you know, not just on the field, like, hey, go score a touchdown, but if you're for them off the field and you're trying to help them and you're trying to discipline them and you're trying to, to show them the right way. And we talk so often that what wins in football is what wins in life. And, and to understand the difference of how other people are counting on you for your actions. Um, that's really what you're trying to do because what that, the, the whole idea of maturity, the difference between being a boy and being a man is the understanding that somebody is, is dependent on you. You know, when, when you're a boy, when you're a baby, you're dependent on somebody else. So you're trying to get a guy, whether it's Jeff or anybody else on our team, to recognize that, look, if you do this and do that, you are letting other people down. And that one day when you're a, when you're a father, when you're a husband, when you're a, a, an employee, whatever, like you understand your actions are tied to everybody else. So, you know, that is as much of our, our part of our job as teaching a guy how to run a poster, how to club swim on a right. pass rush or anything else. So Je- Jeff is learning all that, you know, and that's what we're invested in him like we are with all of our guys. And, and when the players know that you're invested in them more than just a, a, a jersey number or a guy that can score a touchdown, I think you get a little bit extra from them. Coach, we always rip these guys, or they always get ripped when they play bad, the offensive line, but we got to give them a little bit of credit. In two weeks now, two sacks versus Pittsburgh, they gave up two versus Florida State. Is this just time getting these right five guys or six or seven guys together and giving them time together? Because it seems like they're coming together better in the last couple weeks. They sure are. I mean, they absolutely are. I mean, and again, you got to think about it. You went to Florida State, they sacked the quarterback nine times, I think, the week before. Um, and still start a line with two true freshmen, you know, sophomore and other sophomore. I mean, you've got you've got four of the five that are that are sophomores or freshmen. And, and on the two post touchdowns to Jeremy, Jeremy could have eaten a sandwich before we threw the ball out there, you know. So somebody's doing something right, and and, and they are, and they are getting better. And and um, you know, Butch Berry's done a really good job of like I like I mentioned, it was so important this year, just rebuilding the confidence of our offensive line and making those guys believe that they can, because that that was the most important first step. Coach, the Bubba Bolden celebration got a got a lot of play. It was about as strong and powerful chest bump as I've ever seen by uh, by Gervin Hall. Is he going to be okay? Uh, he couldn't even enjoy, like, I mean, he couldn't enjoy the celebration, man. That was definitely unfortunate. You hate to see, you know, things like that happen. It's just it's just unlucky. But, but you know, the guys are enthusiastic. A guy like Gervin, you know, you, you want you want guys to be, to be excited for their, right. their teammate. You know, and Gervin and Bubba, in essence, play the same position. At times, they're battling for, for playing time on the field. And to see, you know, the, the two of them celebrate together like that is really what you want to see as a coach. You don't want to see a guy limping off after that, and, and we'll see you know what that means for Bubba's prognosis long term later, later today. But but yeah, that was definitely Bubba's really been coming along. Of course, he's been a very important part of our defense here the last few weeks, and and, and a great play on the interception. Two weeks in a row were really just effort to the ball, where one guy breaks up a pass and another guy gets it. Now and, and this is what I love about football. Last week it was Bubba breaking up the pass or forcing the fumble right. that led to. Uh, Gervin getting the ball this week. It was DJ Ivy with a great pass break. Let the bubble get the ball, and that's that's what great secondaries do. Coach, uh, what also came with that big win for you? Willie Taggart uh, ends up getting fired yesterday. I was just wonder about your thoughts and of watching him go through this. And were you surprised at all after that game? His job could be in jeopardy. <laughs> It's unfortunate. I mean, as coaches, we all know expectations are high. Willie has had success, so you know we know he's a good coach. And sometimes things don't work out, and, and they don't work out even for good coaches. You know, so wish him and his staff. That's difficult for all of them, and we wish them the best. And but that is that's all a part that that we know that we that we get into. Coach, does anybody scream Miami Hurricane more than DJ Dallas on your team at this point? Uh, they'd have to scream loud, right? Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's he's uh, he's the unbelievable guy. Like he's the cane. Like you look at this team, and there's 
plenty of guys out there playing well and plenty of guys out there that are about you know all about this. He got a couple linebackers that are right in there too. That are <laughs> no, I understand yeah, that, but it. DJ yeah. Dallas jumps in the stands like he's just he's that yeah. guy. He's that guy in what your a team, year, right? Man. He, he is, and we, it's funny you say that because we're internally we're trying to make a big deal of what it means to be a cane. You know, and I've been saying this all along that if, if we don't value it in the locker room, then no one's going to value it outside the locker room. It's got to start in the locker. It's got to start with the staff, filters of the fan base, and then you know eventually the rest of the country will start to you know understand what it is. And and so we've been trying to draw a line of what it means to be a cane and what canes do. And and, and I'm not talking about what they do on Saturday. I'm talking about what they do every day and just you know how they're consumed with with excellence. And 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 DJ is that guy. I mean I mean it, it means so much to him to not just excel but to make Miami you know excel and and his role in that and the plays that he makes. I mean that first screen pass that got us going. Um, I mean all you had to do is watch the guy at Pitt the week before when he couldn't play and how into the game he was up there and and then you know and obviously getting the touchdown which which was huge and and just I mean just his energy what he does on the sideline I mean he, he's just he, he is he's he's he is pure king. Coach, have you changed a lot of things on this defense? I'm, I don't know if this is a record. Maybe you did it a couple years ago with those great defenses. 16 tackles for loss, uh, 41 carries for 31 yards, and the nine sacks. I just kind of threw it in there. That's uh, that's unbelievable. Did everybody kick ass in the game, or were there some guys that didn't kick as much ass as other guys did? There, there was a lot of kicking going on. I, I, I can assure you, everybody everybody had their boots on uh, for sure. Um, again, like I said, our guys were locked in. We, we we had, we had not felt like they had seen anything like what we would present. You know, if you look at who they had played and, and, and some of the results that they had, even when they went to Clemson, Clemson really overwhelmed them with a, with a lot of blitzing and, 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 and changing up their fronts or whatever. And they had not seen anybody that we felt like had what we had up front that really could just line up and whip them. Wow. You know, you, you still, that's, that's how you expect it's going to go. That's how your plan's going to go. You get the, the guys got to go out there and execute it, which that's why they get all the credit. But once we felt like early on that we could get after them, obviously, we, you know, the number one thing was to take away the run. We felt that was so important the first time we lined up in the Wildcat that we whipped that and the first time they did. Again, I want to talk about Greg Rousseau sacks, but does a great job setting an edge. Shaq Corbin comes and smashes Cam Akers for a minus one. That kind of set the tone that, you know, if you can't if you can't run the ball, the game's not complicated. It never has been. If you can't run the football, then you got to throw it. And, you know, it's simply a matter of time. If you got to sit and drop back and throw the ball against a, a pass rush like what we think we have, it's going to be it could, a long day for the quarterback. And, and then the secondary came that, you know, it was important to not allow guys to run open down the field. They're a vertical passing game, and I thought our guys did a great job at the line of scrimmage of getting hands on their wideouts, you know, and, and making the quarterback have to sit and hold on to it for an extra tick, and yeah. that's what led the pass rush eat. You turned them into a bunch of possession receivers, right, man, right. and certain guys will learn to keep their mouth shut up there because you got to back it up, and when you don't, people, especially young guys, they don't forget. Coach, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, guys. Have a great day. Feeling good and getting ready for Miami-Louisville this coming Saturday. Hard Rock Stadium kickoff at 3.30, and you can hear it all pregame, postgame, whole game right here on 560 The Joe. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, bleh. Dan Lebitard's show will explain that next, plus got some Miami music for you on a Miami Monday. It's the best of the Joe show. The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. It is Miami Monday, so you know I got some Miami music for you. This is Deaf Poets with All Your Lies.
Oh yeah, that's jamming right there. They haven't performed in the area recently. Hopefully they'll be back doing it soon. I guarantee if they do perform in the 305 or surrounding areas, I will be there because I love me some deaf poets. Hit me up at Dan Day Radio on Twitter, hashtag Miami Monday. Let me know how Miami you are and maybe I'll just read it out over the air and let everyone know what makes you so Miami. Speaking of being so Miami, Dan Lebetard, he and the guys from right here in South Florida. What are they talking about? Miserable Jets fans. There's a rant on the Jets sucking. And of course, weekend observations. Adam Gase, after the game yesterday, said it's the NFL. You can't be embarrassed. That's two not weeks, true. Two weeks before that, he said he was embarrassed after the Patriot loss. I mean, this doesn't look like a guy who has a lot of Um There's just one picture, and I know, uh, yeah, there's just one picture of him doing his little doodling, which he does after every drive, it feels like, and he's just surrounded by no one. Mm-hmm. And it's just a sad look for him. I watched a decent amount of that game, and I can't really tell you exactly where they were terrible more than anywhere else. I mean, losing to your former team, the team that fired you, this is supposed to be a redemption for you in the NFC, in the AFC East with an actual running back, and he's unhappy with you now. There's just nothing left. Like, there's already fire Adam Gase t-shirts, aren't there? Yes. Uh, Jet fans want him fired. I don't think he's going to get fired. Uh, you think, but- you think he has more room after this year to, to figure something out. If you hired him to be the head coach, you allowed him to fire the GM that uh, that the owners hired and allowed him to bring in his own people. So your answer is to shape the organization more to Adam Gase's liking. Well, what choice do they have now? I said it the first time. So everything that's been put in place have by the really, Jets owner, have because you really they hired over? I mean, we're always starting over, Izzy. That's the problem. L- listen, let me just get this out of the way, okay? This is the Jets' season. This is what has transpired this season for the Jets. And I can't believe I'm saying it. 40 years of being a Jets fan, this is the most frustrating season I've ever experienced. Izzy, the owner hired the coach, okay? Hired a coach that the Dolphins, a team, an organization who is almost as dysfunctional as the Jets said they no longer wanted. That's who the Jets hired as their head coach. Now, Adam Gase is a friend of mine. I'm certain this will get back to him. I am just stating the facts. Now, I'm just stating facts right now. That's all I'm doing. And I was happy about the hiring at the time. I really was. Before I got to know Adam Gase. I didn't know him when he was down here as as the Dolphins head coach. I only started to get to know him when he became the Jets head coach. They hired a coach of the team who's as dysfunctional as they are. They said, we don't want him anymore. The Jets thought that would be a good hire. The GM did not hire the coach. The owner did. The owner allowed the GM, who did not hire the coach, to handle all of free agency and the draft, then hired the coach. The coach didn't want most of the players that the GM selected. The coach, who was hired by the owner, didn't want to work with the GM that the owners hired. What did he do? What happened? GM gone. Gase runs the organization. They bring in their own people. During free agency, I will remind you, they signed Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr, who made the greatest decision in the history of free agency, decided, you know what? This is not a good idea. I am going back to Minnesota. The most memorable thing that Adam Gase has done since he's been hired was a weird press conference <laughs> to kick things off. He dropped that line on HQ the other day. It was pretty funny. It's, Who would have thought that was a highlight of his Jets tenure? With all that said, 16 nothing going into the fourth quarter, week one, against the Bills, who have turned out to be a pretty decent team. They lose that game. They lose lose CJ Mosley. He gets hurt. First game. Le'Veon Bell. Kind of unhappy. Not enough touches. 
after the first game. Their quarterback gets mono. Mono. Mono! In the history of the NFL, there's never been a quarterback who's been diagnosed with mono and had to miss six weeks. He came back. He saw a ghost. And if that's not enough, he had a toenail removed. I have one counterpoint. The thing we had all season until yesterday was, at least we're not the Dolphins. No, we're worse than the Dolphins! That's been my season. That's been my lifetime as a Jet fan. A dysfunctional organization with very loyal and good fans like every other organization. We have a lot of loyal, good fans. We act inappropriately because, listen to what I just told you! We're tired of it. We are tired of it. And Jet fans deserve better. They just deserve an organization to care the way they care. To at least have like an org chart where it's the owner, the head of football operations, and the head of football operations is the guy hiring your coach. This is what it's been like my entire life. I'm tired of it. I would say a lot of that was factual. But a good loss. The four words that you said were were not factual were Jets fans deserve better. I mean, Brown fans deserve better. You, listen, you show up every year, you wear the jerseys, you support the team, you think this year is going to be the year. And by the way, the best part of every Jet season is right before the season starts. And then it's all downhill. It is time for his two guys to share his game notes. No one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boys too. Dan, 17 of 32, 232 yards. Two touchdowns that led to a victory. And just like that, Kyle Allen and the Carolina Panthers are back. In the mix. Do you miss them? They're back then. Straight line on that long run. No one touched them. Hey, he's good, McCaffrey. Speaking of back, not the pack. They were whack. LeBron, Luca, more please. Something we should probably look into. Maybe something, perhaps, we should store away in the let's take a closer look at this file. Racehorses dying at an alarming rate. I want to look into that. Where? I'm not the guy to look into it. I'm a, I am not a journalist. I just give opinions. But someone who is a journalist should probably look into that one. Gesture. Draymond Green. Torn ligament. In finger. Otherwise known as tanking. The Jets simply wanted it. Less. Don't tell Ryan Fitzpatrick the Dolphins are trying to tank. Hey, Miami, we're the captain now. Just when you think the Titans have it figured out, they have it. Congratulations to the Dolphins, who, for the first time this year, scored points in the third quarter. Witching hour. I love you. Russell Westbrook was a minus 46 yesterday. No joke here. Just a minus 46 yesterday. That's not going to end well. Savior. If you want to know what tanking looks like, it looks like the Jets, uh, the Jets safety yesterday in the fourth quarter. The Jets handing the Dolphins two points was a thing of beauty. The B in Bucker stands for boot, heat, Lakers, Larry, collision course. The Dolphins Jets announcers were revisiting the Dolphins last win. The Kenyan Drake miracle play to beat the Patriots. Ed said, it's a play that will be discussed forever in Miami. Announcer, whose name I don't know. You clearly don't know. Miami. We stopped talking about that play two days after it happened. Haven't talked about it since. And most of us forgot it happened. Jets. Dolphins. The rare game with a winner lost and the loser one, the Packers are better without Devontae Adams. 
If you were wondering where Brian Hoyer is, he's doing fine, living a simple life, backing up Jacoby Brissett in Indianapolis, and costing me a $200 bet on Colts plus one. Willie Taggart, that was an awful cup of coffee with the Seminoles. Speaking of coffee, is there anything worse than a cup of espresso that you think has sweetener in it and doesn't? The quarterback that a certain GM thought would be better as a wide receiver in the NFL beat the best coach in NFL history, the best quarterback in NFL history, and the best defense we've ever seen through eight weeks in NFL history. Apologize. Dolphins played the theme from Ghostbusters throughout the stadium yesterday during their game with the Jets. Funny. Also, I hate them. According to their quarterback, you know what the Packers had for dessert yesterday, Izzy? Hmm. A slice of humble pie. Remember when we said, wait till the Browns get to the easy portion of their schedule. Now, they are part of every other team's easy portion of the schedule. The Buffalo Bills with the rare, unimpressive 6-2 and record. Jason Witten is back on Monday Night Football tonight. Thankfully, as a player. <laughs> Who the hell is Duncan Robinson? Speaking of hell, Art Bryles. Dan, those are the weekend observations. Love weekend observations, especially after the weekend we had here in South Florida where everybody basically won. That's what we do on Miami Monday. We keep it Miami. So next, our very own Hawk and Crowder going to have a winning weekend Miami montage for you, plus a whole lot more. Not to mention it is Miami Monday, so I've got some more Miami music for you next on the Best of the Joe Show. The Best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hopefully your Monday has been smooth. I am Dan Day. It is a Miami Monday, so here's more of Miami's own deaf poets, Celestine. Yes, indeed. Miami has some great music, and we like to feature it on a Miami Monday. Get at me on Twitter at DanDayRadio, hashtag Miami Monday. Let me know what makes you so Miami, and I may just read it out on the air. Something that is so Miami, the Hawk and Crowder Show. They get you going today, talking about basking in the winds. They're not goes to uh, headlines, and oh yeah, there's that winning weekend Miami montage. Rothhouse comes forward. Miami and FSU for the 64th time. And away we go. It comes down to the 10-yard line. It is Harley across the 15. Harley returns it for the first time. Out to the 21-yard line. And here comes Jared Williams. And we're underway here at Hard Rock Stadium. And it goes out the back of the end zone. So the Jets will start first and 10 from their own 25-yard line. Williams to the air, looking, flicks his fingers, lets it go. He's got Thomas out there. It is close for a touchdown. 40 yards from Williams to Jeff Thomas. A heavenly throw. And Miami strikes first in Tallahassee. Shotgun from Fitzpatrick again. Back to throw. Getting pressure. Gets it off. Touchdown. All right. It's Preston wow. Williams back in the end zone. He was wide open by yeah. himself. From the six, Williams turns. 
gives left side three, yes. two, one, crossing into the end zone, standing up, DJ Dallas, touchdown Miami. That's his throw, Fitzpatrick looking, flips it back, shoulder, caught, touchdown. It's Devontae Parker, what a catch. All right. Williams brings him up, windmills his arms a few times, sends Mark Pope wide to the right, turns, play fakes, looking deep, lets it fly for Wiggins, got him at the 15, at the 10, at the 5, touchdown, Miami. 55 yards. Jaron Williams just gave us Miami Hurricanes magic. Onside kick. Onside kick. 15 seconds remaining. The Dolphins lead by eight. Thicket will apply the kick. There it is. A big bounce to the Dolphins. Devontae got it. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker picks it at the 48-yard line, and this game is all but over. The final score, the Miami Dolphins, 26, the New York Jets, 18, and the first win of the Brian Flores era in Miami. That's going to be it in Tallahassee. A collector's item for Manny Diaz. His first win as head coach over the Florida State Seminoles. Three in a row to Miami. And the Hurricane faithful are basking in the joy. Savor the moment. It's Miami 27, Florida State 10. That's your final score at Doe Campbell Stadium. And it's a 4-0 win for the Panthers over the Detroit Red Wings. Here tonight at the BB&T Center. Victory formation for FIU. Wiggins takes the snap. He applies the knee. The final score, Miami 129. Yes, you heard right, Miami 129 in the Houston Rockets 100. Boy, those Florida Gators stink. <laughs> we were bad. We were bad. I underestimate that Georgia defense now. Great weekend for yes. South Florida. You just heard it in the montage by our own Alejandro Solana. Big, uh, big Hurricanes victory. That one felt good. That was as complete a yeah. game as I've seen the Hurricanes play the entire season. And uh, I will tell you this about the Miami Dolphins victory. Didn't feel bad to me at all. Like, I didn't know how I was going to feel. Now, I think doing it to Adam Gase is part of the fun. That's all the fun. All the fun. It really was. Because if you had beaten what? Indianapolis, I think, is who they have next week. So if you beat Indianapolis, I don't even know who their coach is. No, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, what, Frank Wright or something like that? I was going to say Jim Caldwell, but I think he's our coach. (laughs) He is. He's with us. His male medical league. (laughs) Yeah. But, no, it was Gase. It was seeing Gase down there playing Sudoku as you like to call it, confused and not calling any good offensive plays. That brought me pleasure. I, I was staring. I was at the stadium. I would stare at Gase over watching the football game. Yes. I yes. felt crazy by doing it. I would have, uh, I would have paid for a, uh, a, pay-per-view, a pay-per-view feed of just Adam Gase the yes. entire game. He looks lost. He gets incensed, and it's his own fault. And then when the defense is out on the field, he goes and plays Sudoku. Doesn't know what's going on. It's crazy, You can see him roll his eyes from the club level. Yes. And that's what I enjoy. When I first saw him, I was like, I just saw him roll his eyes. I'm in the club level. I'm up there in the media booth. Media booth, we are on Mars. We're so far away from the damn field. It's ridiculous. And I can see Gage rolling his eyes in anger and disgust. It made my day. I solidified yesterday that I dislike Adam Gage. <laughs> yeah, it became real clear. I remember this, you know, years ago. 
I had moved to uh, to South Florida from Chicago in 1987, and I came down. I was a White Sox fan, and I thought I was a White Sox fan. And I'm a White Sox fan, and then I remember there was this interleague play game, and uh, and it was the White Sox and the Marlins, and I thought I was going there to root for the White Sox, and I found that I was rooting for the Marlins, and it solidified to myself, oh, you know what? I'm a Marlins fan. Like, I don't have any affinity towards him. If you had any doubts yesterday how you felt about Adam Gase, however you uh, ended up feeling as you were watching him suffer, and it was suffering. It surprised me. He was suffering. Yes, he was. And I was taking delight in that. And uh, and I felt really good for Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. The dude was obviously trying to win games. He's challenging P.I. calls. Like, he's trying to win games. I felt good for that team, and I would say on a grand scale, while the the tank is not the players on the field, it has to do with the personnel that you've put out there in the first place, the players are trying to win, and they should be, and if you win a couple games in a season, and the season is so deranged that because you win a game or two, you end up with the fifth pick instead of the first, well, that's just the way that it happens. You cannot go into a season expecting to win zero games, and uh, and there's still eight games to be played. There's a lot yeah. that can happen. If, if the Dolphins can beat the Jets, the Bengals can beat whomever that they're, they're going to end up playing at the end of the season, and the Jets, I mean, who knows? But regardless, I, I felt good uh, yesterday. But even on that, if you get to five with 14 draft picks, give them three fives. Two fours, a three and a two to move up three spots. Like we have the equity to go wherever Correct. we want in this draft. Correct. And that's what I want people to think about. With the I hear a lot of it, but I heard some people saying, Oh, well, there goes Tua. Well, there really not goes Tua. We have three first rounders this year. You know what I'm saying? Like the equity in it, you can go up and down as you please. Chase Young, if you get the second pick, that damn defensive end at Ohio State. He is going to turn the franchise around defensively because he can play Burrow. ball. Joe Burrow. Burrow's looking good. I'm, I've been questioning Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is impressing me week after week. Don't let one win. Now, nah, I'm not expect. Don't get excited like the Dolphins are about to run the table. Them winning that game, though, it was encouraging. Watching what they did with Fitzpatrick. He had his Fitzpatrick game, he his did. Fitzmagic game. He did. Preston Williams and Devontae Parker winning their one-on-ones on the outside won that game. Yep. They were out there. Anytime they went cover three or cover one, they won their one-on-one matchup. Devontae Parker made a man's grab in the end zone. I mean, that was the first-round pick of Devontae Parker that you were expecting to see for four seasons, but he did it yesterday. If he did that four seasons ago, I'd have his jersey. I mean, unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, that was a man's grab. Yes, and Preston over on his side, on those edges, when they loaded the box thinking we were running and they got the man-to-man, Fitzpatrick threw a beautiful pass and both of those guys were open that's what they need to do that I, I you know what I saw our offense yesterday I saw the Dolphins offense yesterday that's what it's supposed to look like the Jets are not a good team let's be honest Woo! but the Dolphins did play well they were not outclassed yesterday they were outclassed for most of the season and the Canes handling FSU oh. at Doak I mean handling FSU I mean obviously Willie Taggart got fired yeah that was uh you know not as bad as when Al Golden got fired after that Clemson game which was 58 to nothing but FSU got outclassed on their home field after a year and a half of uh, tumultuous tenure for Willie Taggart. You kind of saw the writing on the wall the there. The score wasn't as bad for the Al Golden 50, what was it, 50? 58 nothing. 58 nothing. But the Canes outclassed Florida State. Outclassed. You, they, it looked like there was a high school team playing out there. Seriously. I, I, the, the portion of that game I watched, I, I picked it up about into the first quarter. And I was watching the game. I'm like, do these these are Florida State players? 
I was th- I was thrown off by those how those guys look. DJ Dallas, the first time in his career he got 20 touches and he looked great. I know he only had what like 60 yards, but that's what set up Jaron Williams for the big game. I've been begging him to, to feed DJ Dallas the ball. He gets healthy, they feed him the ball, and the offense looks great. That's what the offense is supposed to look like. I kind of saw what Dan Enos is trying was trying to do all season on Saturday. And I think Jaron Williams, I mean, he looks good to me. He, he real really good. looks good, and and you'll have plenty of years with him. So I, I I'm I'm excited about what I saw this weekend. Like you said, I don't expect that the Dolphins are going to go roll over the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> next <laughs> Sunday, but I enjoyed yesterday. I really enjoyed yesterday. And we're going to do something today that we rarely, if ever, do. We had Manish Mehta on with us on Friday, I believe, right? Yeah. He's a uh, He covers the Jets for the New York Daily News. He has been a uh, huge gaze detractor. We're going to have him on again today because – Yesterday had to feel like his head was exploding. That's how badly the the Jets looked. Let's get headlines real quick here from Alejandro Solana. So you guys talked about it, the Canes' big win over FSU. It ends Willie Taggart's era with the Florida State Seminoles. We do have some good news and some bad news, though, after that big Canes win. The good news, Greg Rousseau wins ACC Defensive Player of the Week. He was a part of those nine sacks during that game. Eight on Saturday. I mean, and it four. was crazy. He had seven sacks in the last two weeks. Crazy. And I've been listening to people talk about him. I guess he was injured early in the year. Five in the first seven games. Seven sacks in the last two games. He ate. Y'all he got ate. Y'all, y'all got something in Russo. I have a feeling uh, I know what you're going to say for the bad news. Go ahead, give it Solana. Yeah, Manny Diaz confirms Bubba Bolden is out for the season. Remember, he had that really nice interception and then got crushed mm-hmm. by his own teammate in the celebration. Swag. <laughs> Don't even. I swag. Who, who was it that ran into him really hard? They tore his ass up. I mean. It, it, that was the best hit of the game. I was, was like, damn, they out here he hitting. Got, he got helicoptered. <laughs> They out here hitting. Man, he is out for the season. What a bummer. Uh, What else you got, Solana? So, uh, quick reminder, Brian Flores, after his first win as an NFL head coach and, of course, the Dolphins' first win of the season, he'll speak to the media live at 2.30, so in about 20 minutes. We'll carry it here live on the Hawkman and Crowder Show. As for the Dolphins, they're going to look for their second win in Indianapolis this Sunday. It's at 4.05 p.m., but some pretty big news. Jacoby Brissett, the Colts' starting quarterback, he went down with an MCL sprain yesterday against the Steelers. He has not been ruled out officially, but it looks like it's going to be Brian Horner this Sunday versus the Dolphins. Hawk, is it Colts's? It's not Colts's. It's I, mean, Colts's. I mean, no, it's not. It's the Colts quarterback. Colts, yeah. That's what you guys took from that. That's what you guys took from that. I, really? I, 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 just, I could I, not get past that. I didn't I, hear anything you said after Colts's. The, the Colts's quarterback. I mean, are you kidding me? Autocorrect. <laughs> the Colts is quarterback. Are you joking? <laughs> the Dolphins is first win of the season. Crowder and I are looking at each other like this dude just say the Colts is quarterback. <laughs> oh boy, oh, goodness gracious! I'll let you recover some. I gotta get back to Bubba Bolden. <laughs> Colts is. I gotta get back to Bubba. 
Remember Gramatica? He tore his knee mm-hmm. up, the kicker and all, and people get hurt celebrating. Yep. Just to just to talk about that a little bit for fans. When you're playing, you're you're tense, like you're tensed up. You're in your hips and knees, like you're ready to play. When people guys start celebrating, they loosen up. They loose. So then, like you're saying, a defender, I mean, a, a teammate comes and hits you in the side of your head. You're not ready for it. Who's that uh, that little dude? Is it Jimmy Murphy? Remember when he scored that touchdown and he got knocked the hell to the ground? Yes, <laughs> like that. If he gets injured. You, you get a better chance of getting injured with your teammates jumping on you than actually in a play because you're not ready for that kind of contact. So, yes, Bubba Bolden, I, I, I chuckled a little bit. I'm laughing because somebody texted in. I was thinking this, too. Did you say that the Colts' backup quarterback is Brian Hoare? Oh, Brian Hoyer. Didn't it sound like Hoare? Someone else texted <laughs> it in. I noticed it, too. But he got man. a little side job? Yeah, the Colts' backup quarterback, <laughs> Brian Hoare. He got a little side job. <laughs> He's selling this stuff. Tell him what you don't know the coaches. <laughs> Tell him what you're going to do to Hoyer. All right, what else you got? So- <laughs> Man, really missed you guys this weekend. <laughs> Coltses. Coltses. Man, if I had that Radio.com rewind, I know what I'd be doing for the next hour and a half. Coltses. Tonight on Monday Night Football, it's the Cowboyses versus the New York Giantses. That's at 8.20 p.m. The Cowboyses are minus six and a half. Yeah, and just finally, the Miami Heat and Bar on a three-game West Coast road trip that begins tomorrow in Denver, 9 p.m. Always having some fun with words on the Hawkman and Crowder Show weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. Getting back to basketball, that's actually what I'm doing tonight. I'm getting off of work. I'm going to go home, make some minus sandwiches, and watch my hometown team, probably the worst team in the NBA right now, the Pelicans play, and get ready for tomorrow night when another one of my teams, maybe the best team in the NBA right now, the Miami Heat, kick off their week-long road trip. Here's what Jimmy Butler had to say about that. Well, maybe I don't have Jimmy Butler. Let's get Jimmy Butler on the big first quarter that they had last night. Well, everything is frozen here in the studio, so that means it is my time to go home and get out of here and get ready to eat those minus sandwiches and watch the Pelicans game. If you missed any part of this show or want to listen to it again or any of the shows here on 560 The Joe, you can get it for absolutely free wherever you get your podcasts, the radio.com app, or you can go to our website, wqam.com. Once again, I am Dan Day. Give me a follow at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. And tomorrow night, be back right here. Got some Miami Hurricanes basketball against number five, Louisville. And of course, we will also have the best of the Joe show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.